The Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 120. How can student athletes make the right choices relating to alcohol and drug abuse? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to interview a special guest who will inspire and encourage you to be the best you can be in your day-to-day life, especially if you have a passion with regards to being the best version of yourself in this world. That's my goal I try to achieve every day. And today, we are going to be talking about a really in-depth social issue topics with regards to sport and I wanted to give you the heads up because I think today's topic is extremely important and I wanted to highlight this in the introduction because for me this is all new as well and it really leads me to introduce today's special guest and that is Ethan Fisher. Ethan is a alcohol, drug and mental health awareness keynote speaker. His mission is to really support students and student athletes with regards to alcohol and drug abuse. So for that reason, it's a pleasure to have Ethan on the show. And that's when today's episode, Ethan will share his career journey and explain to you how athlete students can make the right choices with regards to alcohol and drug abuse. Ethan, it's great to have you on the show. Please could you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? My love for, for sports started, I mean, before I could even walk, really. Um, my dad put a, a basketball in my hand, and, you know, I guess the rest is uh, history, so to speak. Um, so I've, I've loved basketball and, and sports in general, you know, since I was a little kid and played all the way through middle school and high school and, and had numerous opportunities to play in college and even had opportunities to, you know, play uh, overseas. Uh, for basketball. So I've been involved with the sports world for a very, very long time. Would you mind explaining to the listeners your time overseas playing basketball? Because I find this really interesting. Uh, well, I got asked to play, but I couldn't go because of my, um, because of what I speak about. Um, I ended up failing out of five college basketball programs due to drugs and alcohol, um, truancy, mental health, and depression and ended up drinking too much one night and woke up and found out that I drunk drove and ended up hitting and um, killing an innocent person with my vehicle. Um, So I was in the system for over 11 years, so I couldn't travel. I couldn't even leave my own city um, past 10 o'clock at night. So I was never able to go overseas because of being on prison and system lockdown um, until I was 34 years old and by then it was too I was too old wow um just just quickly on this point Ethan can you remember the moment when you decided to go this pathway with regards to the work you're doing now with raising the awareness from your experience 
Yeah, um, I really didn't know anything about people being speakers or or trying to, you know, tell my story until really about 2012. Um, I saw a speaker come to one of my universities that I was at and basically told his story and it, it moved and motivated me so much that that was kind of the day I decided I wanted to be a speaker. I didn't know what it all entailed, but I knew my history with all the, the basketball and coaching college basketball and all that stuff that I would be able to use my, my life in sports as a preventative and educational presentation to make student athletes aware of the consequences of drinking and partying um, and using substances to where they could lose scholarships. Um, but what happened with me was even worse than losing scholarships was the fact that I hurt somebody. And I just want student athletes to know that, you know, that stuff can snowball to a point where you lose control. Yeah, we're going to talk in a lot more detail with regards to what you've just spoken about. Just just going back quickly, I just want to do a great reflection piece for the listeners. Can I ask what you've learned so far reflecting through your journey? I don't think we have enough time. Um, I've learned so much about life, about people, about students, about student-athletes, you know, during my time. Um, I've learned that I made so many mistakes because of drugs and alcohol that I ruined a lot of opportunities to, to, to pursue my dreams as either a, you know, college basketball player, a college coach, or playing professionally overseas. And I've learned, you know, you're only given basically one shot um, because sports is one of those things where you can only play it for so long and then your body wears out. So I I try to impart that knowledge to the college athletes that I speak to that you need to take advantage of what you have because very few people get to do that sport and you only have a limited window. So I've learned to basically embrace the fact that you get to play sports and, and take it and appreciate it because not everybody gets to do it. Would you mind sharing to the listeners, especially those young athletes, what top tips would you give them? if you were that young kid back in college again? My, my first tip for me, you know, in hindsight was don't give in to peer pressure. Um, don't give in to the party scene. Uh, as a student and as a student athlete, you're kind of more popular than most kids you know, because you're on the sports team. So people see you as, you know, somebody that's doing something and you get invited to a lot more parties than a lot of normal students. So I advise students to, to be aware, to not give in to those peer pressures, because when you start hanging and partying, it affects your grades, it affects your, your physical and mental performance. So I just wish I would have never got into the party scene to actually see what my, my basketball career could have been. Um, so I want, I just, you know, the first thing I want students to be aware of is, you know, that drinking and, and partying it might not seem like it's a bad thing, but it can lead to losing your academic or, you know, um, sports scholarship. Absolutely. And just looking at a bigger picture now with regards to the work you're doing now, have you got any like statistics or with regards to how many athletes do 
take alcohol, take drugs during the time at college, just to give people an overview of this issue in a bit more detail? Yeah, so I was doing some research on this, and there's multiple surveys that'll give you multiple answers. And so I, I found a survey that was taken in 2014 that reports that 62.1% of student athletes have used alcohol within the last month. Um, whereas the, the same uh, student body that was surveyed um, who were not athletes only drank at a rate of 52.2%. So student athletes have been seen and surveyed to drink more than uh, a lot of other students. And it's a part of that peer pressure that I was talking about by being invited to other you know, opportunities or what a lot of people don't realize is that being a student athlete, they have higher rates of depression and mental health because there's so much stress on them to not only perform on the court or on the field or on the, you know, on the track, but they also have to perform academically to maintain their scholarship, to be able to be eligible. And so I think a lot of student athletes use substances or, or drink to kind of deal with that hidden, you know, stressors that they're going through. And it's not every student athlete, you know, but there's, there's a significant portion that, that do. Um, and it's been reported and surveyed. Absolutely. It's one thing I found when I sort of watch documentaries, especially out in America with regards to student athletes. In the UK, it's a bit different. It's not as high profiled with regards to high school sport. But relating to that peer pressure, because it really does relate to today's podcast topic, how can student athletes then make the right choices relating to alcohol and drug abuse? The the first thing that I try to tell students is the first time that you say no to giving into that peer pressure is always difficult. And that's cliche. You hear that from your parents. You hear that from, you know, teachers and coaches. But I know after going back to college and being sober after all my accident stuff happened, people didn't know my situation. So they'd ask me to go out and party and I would say no. And then I would say no a couple times. And then pretty soon it got to the point that, that nobody even asked me. And so I want student athletes to know that the first time that you say, well, I don't want to go out and drink, that's going to be difficult. But if you do it two or three times, pretty soon people and groups will quit asking you to do that stuff. So if you can just be strong as a person and, and believe in what your your ethics or your morals or your convictions of focusing on your ability as a student athlete, if you can say no that first time and say, I don't want, I don't feel like partying. It's, it's, it's not good for me that if they can do that the first time, then the second and third time are going to be easier. And pretty soon people won't even ask them. Going in a bit more detail on this topic with the saying no, because the one thing I have learned in sport, especially team sport is all about having that team bonding and cohesion. How do you find the balance? I hope this all makes sense. I'm just trying to, raise the awareness that if you say no you could lack the opportunity of you know gelling with your teammates in a different environment than on being on the sports hall or in the court does that sort of make sense yeah no i you know here in the u.s partying especially in college is kind of a it's a social norm and student athletes do that and they make friends and and stuff like that my my whole concept and what I'm trying to be about is the education of saying, do you want to fulfill your scholarship duties and perform at your highest level because you only have a limited four-year window to do so? Then you can go out and party and drink if that's something that you choose to do. 
but being an athlete, you should appreciate the fact that you have your school paid for and that you get a chance to play. So the drinking should be, you know, the partying should be behind your goals to perform. And the peer pressure of your teammates should be bigger than let's go out and have fun. It should be on let's be the best team that we can be. And that's difficult to say for a lot of student athletes. Out of interest, Ethan, have you seen any solutions that have worked to really reduce this issue? Uh, I think it takes a strong leader. Um, I think it takes a leader of a team or a captain to be able to have that type of positive influence on their team. Um, and I know this just from my experience when, when I came back out of prison and went back and played college basketball when I was 28 years old, I had a different, different level of leadership to me and my teammates knew what happened. So they, they still drank, but they did it responsibly and they did it to where it didn't affect the way they played on the court because I would hold them accountable and I would call them out if things were not performing at their levels. Um, so I think it takes that special leader or captain or, you know, person on a team to make the team cohesive. You're not going to get everybody to buy in, um, especially, you know, bigger sports where you got football and you got 53 students on a roster or lacrosse. But on a smaller, you know, team sport like basketball, you can influence the majority of your your teammates to have a better understanding of what can actually happen if your entire team is drinking or partying. So you can you can tone it down a little bit by being a, a strong student leader. We've talked about just, just then the student influence. How about from a coach's perspective? Coaching is a whole nother um a whole nother beast. Um you know coaches typically are so worried about you know, their wins and losses, because if you don't win, you lose your job. And sometimes I think coaches tend to overlook some of the, the issues that are going on because they're worried about their jobs. And they're, they don't know how to talk about the mental health or depression that a lot of student athletes are going through. And so I think as a coach, I think there needs to be a more, and, and this isn't across the board. Um, you know, there are some very amazing coaches out there. And I know my coach had my back and I, I will love him to death for that because he listened to what I was going through. But I think coaches need to be more open to listening to what some of these student athletes are going through so that they can maybe help these student athletes not have to self-medicate or go out to drink or, or party to use some of their social anxieties. Um, I just think it's more of a open up that dialogue between players and coaches um, to make student athletes feel more comfortable that they're not going to get in trouble if they come to them with an issue. Absolutely. It's one thing I'm enjoying about this conversation. It just shows that the power of education can bring these two parties together. Just relating back to your career now, could you explain to listeners the work you're doing now, what services you provide with regards to raising this awareness? Yeah, so I go um, all over the, the country here in the U.S. and I speak to student athletes. Um, I also speak to student bodies about my story and I take them through a timeline of depression and self-medicating to the point where I ended up losing five scholarships. So I, I tell students about my story in the hopes that they will open up um, about their issues or talk to somebody. And that's a big thing about me is communication. Uh, 
I'm no different than a lot of people. A lot of people are dealing with stuff and they tend to hold it in. So I use my, my story as a method to get these kids to see that I'm vulnerable and that I can, I can explain my story and be so open about all my past issues that they shouldn't be afraid to do so on their, their own end. Um, and it's all about trying to make student athletes and students realize they can talk about their issues and they shouldn't feel bad or guilty because there are people out there that want them to be safe and they want them to be healthy. And that's kind of the whole point with what I do. Look, I really find this fascinating. I feel really humbled speaking to you right now. Would you mind explaining to the listeners, if they are in this situation, the sort of solutions you'd recommend? Yeah, there's a lot of help out there. Um, so if you're dealing with depression or mental health is issues, you know, I would advise going to your school counselor first. Um, and if that's embarrassing, there are a lot of online resources now to where you can get help um, via text or via Skype. So you can work with a counselor uh, if you feel embarrassed and going to see somebody. And drug and alcohol, there's a ton of resources out there where you can go to AA classes, you can go to drug and alcohol, um, substance abuse awareness classes. There's a lot of online help and therapy now with substance abuse um, that you can do via, you know, Skype or, or, or phone calls so that you don't feel embarrassed going to, you know, a psychologist or an addiction counselor. That is great, Ethan. And without a doubt, we'll discuss afterwards and maybe put some links relating to this uh website blog post just on a personal note ethan reflecting right now what you are what are you so proud reflecting your career journey and i was going to say enjoy but the work you're doing i can tell by you know your first response with regards to alcohol and drugs and you know it's a very hard topic to talk about especially from your experience i'm to be honest very shocked uh with that response because i just wasn't expecting that but reflecting right now what are you most proud of with regards to the work you're doing now? I'm most proud of what this speaking career has turned into. Um, I've gotten, and, and this is so cool, is I've received probably, I don't know, close to 1,500 emails or tweets or direct messages or texts from students who have either said that I've saved their life um, or changed the way that they see drugs and alcohol uh, I've gotten emails from students who say that they were thinking about taking their life. And now that they heard my story, they see that there's hope. Um, so receiving emails and, and, and text of that magnitude is, is amazing. Um, that's what keeps me going. Cause I have bad days just like any other person, but these students, when they, they reach back and open up to me, it's, it's why I'm so proud of what I do now and trying to, you know, change these students' lives. Ethan, I, I cannot express, I wish you could see my face expression at the moment, but I'm just inspired of how you responded to that. And I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university students who are discovering their career passion? Understand that it's not going to be easy. No matter how hard you work and how well you do there's always going to be a roadblock so my advice when you're chasing down your purpose and your career and your passion have backup steps 
and find some type of internal, what I call desire in my speech to persevere through those roadblocks. Cause I had people telling me I would never go back and play college basketball and I would never be a speaker. And so I've had naysayers, but I've had all these extra tools in my, you know, so-called tool toolkit to where I found a way to persevere because it's something I'm so passionate about that I've been able to, I, I call it, I go, I crush through my, my roadblocks. I don't allow stop signs or anything to stop me. I just find other ways to make it happen. So just understand that nothing is going to be perfect and you're going to have to work very hard at pursuing your, your passion and your purpose, but have a backup plan to get through those issues so that you are prepared to continue to go. That is great, Ethan. I really do hope listeners take that on board. I certainly have. How can people interact with you online? Uh, so I have all the social media. Um, so Facebook, Ethan Fisher, uh, LinkedIn, Ethan Fisher. Uh, my website for booking information is www.ethan-fisher.com. And you can find me on Instagram at efish.lifecon. Um, and those are how you get a hold of me. That is great to all the listeners listening in. All those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. It's very rare I say this, Ethan, but I've been very inspired during our chat. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ed. I'm so happy to be a part of it, and I appreciate you reach, reaching out. And Actually, I reached out to you to be a part of this, so thank you. Well, it's very rare I say to myself, actually, when I've actually been inspired or even during an interview when I choke and I actually choked during this interview with Ethan because I was not expecting that response with regards to his experience of what happened with regards to how alcohol had a massive impact to his sporting career, especially in the basketball world. And I think this is what I'm most proud of with regards to this podcast show. As much as you, the listeners, have listened to this and I really do appreciate that a lot because as much as this is a podcast show with regards to sports careers I like to say this episode specifically has providing you some life lessons and the great thing about this podcast episode which is just brilliant because I've been to university and I've had fun. I'm not going to say what you should or shouldn't be doing during your time at university, even if you're an athlete. Uh, as much as we have spoken about the awareness, the issues, and also the solutions, if you are going through this incident of any peer pressure or with regards to how alcohol can have sort of a negative effect to sport, I hope now you've got a sense of understanding about this issue but most importantly if you are in this environment you know how to deal with it and without a doubt Ethan is the person to go to if you have any problems with regards to the topic but with regards to Ethan and learning from his story you can really embrace it and apply it to your life and I'll explain what I mean there are a few areas and some key words he mentioned during our chat which really relate to anybody who want to work in the sports industry or any industry in that matter. That with regards to your life, it's all about making the right choices and also taking responsibility of those choices. From a career perspective, especially with regards to applying this interview to your sports career adventure, the last thing I'm going to say, which Ethan really explained brilliantly is really take your opportunities 
by making the right choices, wherever that may be. And really on that note, I want you to really reflect. And if you don't mind, if you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have from a learning perspective, I would really, really appreciate it if you could share this because you could be helping a young athlete. You could be helping somebody who is struggling with mental illness, alcohol or drugs. And honestly, I think this can be a great episode where we can make a difference in a, in a small way for somebody, but in a big way with regards to a global society. So on that note, I wish this interview has served you well relating to your sports career journey. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Ethan said, understand it's not going to be easy. No matter how hard you work, how well you do, there are always going to be some roadblocks along the way. So when you chase down your purpose and passion, have backup steps and find some internal desire to persevere through those roadblocks. 